Welcome to Everyday Daddy. Welcome if you are a regular listener and you are joining us again, but particularly welcome if you are new to us. Uh, well done for finding us in the ether of the internet. Um, my name is Ben and I'm joined as always by... Robin, it is lovely to be here chatting uh, and chewing the fat with you. Uh, it's great to hear your lovely voice again. Uh, a particular welcome to anyone listening from Russia or Belgium or India uh, and in particular, the great state of Texas. We know that someone is listening there. Um, we, d- get get in touch. We'd love to find out how you uh, heard about us, how you came across us. Uh, do ask us questions. But I think it is time, and we are due, long overdue, um, a dad joke from Robin, the king of all dad jokes. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate the title. Um, yeah. So today, Ben, um, I uh, I spotted an albino Dalmatian. Wow. It was the least I could do for him. Spotted an albino Dalmatian. I'll explain it for you if you want. Well, that needs that needs writing out. That's um, that's definitely niche. That's that's extraordinary. I think it's probably time to get on. <laughs> well, uh, today we have uh, this is our Christmas special, um, which is you know there'll, there'll be some sleigh bells in the background, I'm sure. Um, uh, a Christmas special, and it's inspired by a listener question. We do indeed read your emails and we respond. Uh, so Lucas has asked. He has a one-year-old daughter. Uh, he's new to the whole daddying thing. Uh, and he asks, what do we do with Santa? Such a good question. Thank you so much, Lucas. Um, what do we do with Santa? I think um, the Christian world is pretty divided on this, I think. Is, is that fair? Um, yeah. So a lot of Christians will just go, don't do Santa, um, which raises issues, you know, for, for our children in schools, etc. But But then... I think other Christians will just buy into it wholesale. Um, I, I don't know about you, Ben. I, when I started out as a parent, um, I was very anti, anti-Santi, anti-Santa, um, as Glenn Scrivener would say, um, in that I would be very honest with my kids that, you know, this is, this is made up. Um, I think I kind of resented the, the hold it had on my kids and the way it took their focus away from Jesus at, the, at Christmas time. Um, and, and another dad kind of said to me, um, just very bluntly, I can't lie to my kids. Is, is, that, is that where you're coming from, Ben? I certainly have sympathy with that in that I think it, aside from the whole Santa thing, lying to our kids isn't a good habit to get into. Mm. You know, that, that is not a good thing, is it? Um, and, and so there is a danger, isn't there, of if we buy in wholesale to the whole Santa story and the game, all that kind of stuff. Um, but at some point, our kids are going to work out that we've been lying. And, and that could cause problems. I, I do know one guy who, um, uh, for many years, really struggled to trust his parents um, when he found out that Santa was, was made up, um, that he, he'd struggled to trust anything they said. And that has real implications. If, if we want, you know, we are in the business of trying to raise our kids up uh, to know and trust and love the Lord Jesus. That's the truth we want them to believe. So if they don't think that they can, if they don't trust us, we, we won't be able to impart any truth at all. So I think there is, there's a genuine um, 
sort of fear that actually yeah, lying to our kids is a is, is a bad idea. But I'm not sure it's as straightforward as that with Santa. No, I don't think it is. I mean, there is the we need to consider the contemporary Santa story as well, don't we? And the contemporary Santa story is works based. So it's um, you know, have you been naughty or nice? Santa is, you know, has his list. And, you know, if you've been naughty, you get no presents, which, of course, never happens. I've only ever known that to happen once where uh, an uncle didn't give his uh, his nephew presents because he'd been naughty. Uh, and my word, there was trouble. Um, so but, some sort of, it's just sort of like a super hyper Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one can be good enough. No one gets any presents. <laughs> there is, unless you're in the elect, um, the Santa's elect. Um, so there is there is an, an, this almost midrashic um, kind of layering on, on top of the Santa story of you know reindeers and then suddenly we've got elves on the shelves which and they all kind of breed that same get stuff because you've been good um, which which is plays against the gospel message of Christmas mm. um, so that's the kind of negative side isn't it that's the the anti santi stuff. Um, I think I've I've changed a little bit. I've changed, Ben. I've, wow. I've, I've warmed a little bit. I mean, you are, I guess, one of the... There are a number of things to consider, aren't there? Um, so one is that we are putting our children in a very awkward position in school. Yeah. If, if they are... Because children are very black and white, and they will just go, Santa doesn't exist. And, uh, and that will upset significantly upset some other parents. It will ruin Christmas for their children. So as, a, as somebody who goes into schools and there's lots of assemblies and, you know, about a million nativities um, uh, kind of services in, in normal, in normal um, kind of life um, events, I know that I could walk into a school and then and deny that Jesus exists at Christmas. But if I walked into school and denied that Santa exists at Christmas, I would be in such massive, it would hit the national newspapers as a kind of, these things regularly do every year. So there is a kind of, you know, there's almost an idol there in our culture. And Um, and I think we've got to understand that, yeah, for for people who aren't connected to church, for people who are unbelievers in our culture, Santa is huge. And I don't think I really recognised that until I had my own kids and we were hanging out with other people and their kids and for them, the kind of the money they spend on going to visit Santa in the grotto at the garden center, um, like as if he'd go there. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a massive. It, it's a it, it's as big for them at Christmas as Jesus is for us. You yeah, know, it, you know, it really it really is huge. And so there is a real problem, isn't there? If your four year old goes out into the playground, yeah, they actually you could end your relationships right there oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and and you know we've had a similar experience um early days with the tooth fairy uh which um you know resulted in one of my children um telling her friend that her mum wouldn't be going to heaven because she didn't believe in jesus you know i mean that, that wow could, yeah that was that was an interesting afternoon maybe we should tell that story another time um but there is yeah i mean i remember when my kids were younger uh, at the supermarket, um, as we queued up, and the, and the cashier would say, um, "So, have you asked Santa for anything nice for Christmas?" And my kids just looked blankly and went, "What?" <laughs> um, that you know, so he's it, just there. I think 
here's where I changed a little bit, and I've touched on this, and we touched on this a little bit in previous podcasts. I'm not sure that our children will are in danger of growing up believing myths. I think our children are in danger of growing up believing in materialism, that what you see is what you get. And in a sense, there's a danger by completely dissing the whole Santa stuff wholesale that we throw the baby out of the bathwater, that we buy into that materialistic, ironically, by rejecting the materialism of Santa, we actually buy into the, you know, the, the, the materialist, naturalist kind of approach of, uh, of the world. And so they grow up thinking, well, you know, always what you see is what you get. I think there is a deep and rich Christian myth behind the Santa story, you know, the, 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 the story of the Middle East monk who, is, uh, who, who drops uh, coins down the chimneys of, um, of the poorest in his parish. Um, that, that kind of, that, that deep, rich grace that is at the heart of the Santa story. And, uh, and growing up to believe that there is something else uh, which I think the Santa story does begin to engender in a child, um, that, that, that there is something magical and something wonderful uh, about all that. I guess just as, a, just as a kind of side issue, we've been going through Exodus and the plagues in our family uh, Bible times. And one of the, uh, and you'll know that, you maybe know that the Pharaoh has magicians who tries to copy the plagues. And, and as we got to that, the, my kids turned to me and said, Dad, do you believe in magic? Um, to which I said, yes. Uh, and they were like, but you, you've told me in the past that you don't believe in magic. And it's like, well, well if, you, if you're talking about the, the magician on the stage doing card tricks, then no, I don't believe in that. But I believe there is something um, hidden um, and invisible that is important and, uh, and that, that we, we must believe exists. It's not just what you see is what you get. And I think the Santa tradition buys into that a little bit. Um, therefore, be a little bit more nuanced, careful about how I handle it. I think now. Yeah, I think it's really helpful in that um, the the danger of uh, our culture for our kids now is to say that, oh, yeah, everything is material and physical. There is no other realm. There is no spirituality. It is just your life, your existence, what you can buy, um, what you can enjoy, what pleasure you can get, what experience you can have. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're killing story. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're killing the joy of uh, a fable of narrative. Mm. Um, uh, and ironically, that that's why uh, things like the Marvel universe is so popular because people actually crave that. They, they love, and yeah, you know, and, and we know that the Marvel universe doesn't exist. I mean, don't we? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to tell you. Know, uh, and so, to some extent, I think with like with all, I think if we approach Santa for what it is, a, a story, uh, then I think we we, you, we can enjoy it. So with, with my kids, we uh, my kids have stockings, yeah. um, uh, and there's you know, little presents that we. You know, it's a way of kind of keeping them occupied on Christmas morning, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but and we kind of and they know the story, um, and we leave out a mince pie for Santa because then I get to have a mince pie after dinner. Um, uh, and we kind of not quite play along, but you know it's there. They know the presents come from um, you know 
from us. It's not, you know, that there isn't a kind of a, a bearded fat man squeezing down the chimney in the middle of the night. I mean, that's quite weird, but you know, they know it's not true. It, uh, but actually the kind of, if you, I think you, we need to help our kids enjoy a story and have an appreciation of, you know, that th- there is the potential for other for for, um, you know, an, an outside realm beyond our kind of physical existence, because actually, as you said, we see so much of that in scripture. Mm. Um, you know, the, the reality is there is a, a vast spiritual unseen realm uh, where the spiritual battle is taking place. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, we don't want to be in a position where, like you say, we get rid of that kind of sense of, um, of exploration and, and, um, openness to those things which would ultimately kill the gospel conversation yeah absolutely absolutely and, and i think there is a way we can redeem santa for our children through jesus right santa can be redeemed through jesus death on the cross is that right <laughs> that's right absolutely but well redeemed by the gospel redeemed by this actually the the, the central core which is the the giving um, and the caring for the poor and the, you know, the, the, the generosity of, of the church um, that, that Jesus has created uh, and redeemed for himself. That, that real sense in which, um, you know, this is, this is a magical time of year for giving that God gave his son. You know, there, there are so many rich elements that we want to be bringing out uh, of, the, of the Santa narrative and the Santa story um, that is a, a really good for helping our kids think through the gospel yeah. rather than this, you know, Santa's only going to come if you're good. I mean, that can be helpful to help them to think through what are we saying? We're saying Santa's only going to visit you if you're good. You know, does God do that? Okay. Well, let's, let's find a, let's find a richer way, a more beautiful way of telling the Santa story. Um, yeah. There's that bit at the beginning of Hebrews, isn't there? Yeah. Jesus is the true and better Santa. That's <laughs> <laughs> Which which uh, translation are you reading there, then? Yeah, uh, just for the list, is that that is not in Hebrews. Um, <laughs> just 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 to clarify. Um, and uh, just because this is the Christmas edition, we've not been on the brandy. We're just this is what it's normally like. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I, I, I guess I just as as we kind of move towards closing off, what how do we beyond Santa? How how, how can we kind of deal with all of the secularization of Christmas? I mean, it's such a I mean, this year is going to be kind of weird, isn't it, in a COVID year? But, but the kind of the secularization of Christmas, mm. the kind of all the kind of the trappings that go around it, and um, how do we keep Jesus central on a day that's filled with, um, you know, with presents and family visits um, and endless tins of Quality Street? Mm. That's a really good question. I think. We, we always go to church on Christmas morning. Um, it's not always possible for every family. It might not be possible this, I don't think it'll be possible this Christmas. Um, but there will be something that reminds us, and if not, we will do something at home reminding ourselves of the Christmas story. And we'll, we'll be going through the Christmas narratives from the Gospels in the run-up through Advent. Um, we'll be giving thanks for the gifts that we're giving and praying for the people that we're giving gifts to. Um, yeah. Are we fighting a losing battle? Maybe, but we do what we can faithfully and, and, and keep trying to do keep trying to do that. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I, th- I think m- m- much the same. Um, but also, we try and um, 
I, I, like we try and go big, you know, on the 25th, we kind of, you know, we, um, you know, sort of Christmas stuff is banned in our house until December the 1st. Um, <laughs> and then kind of in Advent, we kind of, we, you know, we build up, we do stuff every day. Um, and, and we see the 25th as that, you know, the arbitrary date that's got decided somewhere. Um, but on, we go big and celebrate and have fun and have party and have great food and give one another presents. Um, and yeah, and you get the special bottle of wine out and those kind of things. But, but we try to do that because we're celebrating Emmanuel. We're, we're celebrating God coming down to us. This is worthy of a party. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Magi got on their camels and journeyed across half the world to go and see this infant. Because this is unbelievably significant. Um, so let's celebrate. Let's have a party. This is this is our day. You know, let's kind of, okay, if the world wants to have a party, that's fine. They may have got their reasons wrong. Okay, we've got the best reason. So our party should be the best. Yeah, that's helpful. There's a good reason to feast, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can, we're, we're um, slow in the build up through Advent and then, you know, 25th, boom. Yeah, God has come. Yeah. yeah Jesus yeah. has come. So we are going to go, we're going to go big. Yeah. Um, now, do we all, do we spend every minute of, of Christmas Day remembering that? No, because we're fallen and broken and we don't get it right. But but that's kind of what we're aiming for. Um, you know, we, and, and that's the deeper magic that we want to be showing our children, isn't it? And and helping them to experience that, the, the true myth um, of, of the gospel message that we want to be, you know, we want to be celebrating and enjoying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and actually, if we can, yeah, if we have a moment on Christmas Day, if we have time on Christmas Day where we really just, yeah, feast on that great truth, um, I think that makes everything else more special. And you can even put up with Quality Street. Amazing. I don't really like Quality Street. No, exactly. We always get given them. I just think it's just it's, it's a very poor selection box of chocolates. Um, so if you're listening, please don't send us quality streams. No, I'll take celebrations, um, particularly <laughs> if it's a box that has a, a disproportionate number of the Maltesers ones in it. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I like those. Yeah, yeah those are good. That brings us to the end uh, of not only this show, but of season one. That's it. Um, which is a bit uh, kind of presumptuous, isn't it? Calling it season one, it presumes there'll be a season two. So I feel a little bit like Alan Partridge kind of crying out, give us a season two. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you found this helpful, do share it around with other dads that you know, maybe other dads in your church um, uh, who you're aware of, who you think might might just benefit from a bit of encouragement, um, a bit of our kind of chatting. Um, that'd be great. Do contact us, let us know what you think. Even if you think it's rubbish, we can, we can take that. We're man enough, I think. Um, everydaydadding at gmail.com or visit our website everydaydadding.com but thanks for listening and uh, it's been a great journey with you bye